This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 181, Solving Your Real Estate Tax Problem with Brett Swartz. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode. Everybody at this point has probably heard about the analogy of the boiled frog, right? You know the one where a nice, fat, happy frog hops into a nice, warm pot of water to begin his evening bath ritual. Now, for whatever reason, that pot of water starts to get warmer and warmer ever so slowly without the frog realizing it until it is too late for him to hop out and he is cooked. Now, I want you to apply that same analogy to real estate. What? Real estate? Now, think about that for a minute. As real estate prices continue to climb, as they might tend to do over a long period of time, over your lifetime, if you're investing in that real estate and you're participating as a real estate investor, I want you to really listen carefully to this episode. Because you, my friend, unfortunately, are that boiled frog. However, the guest on today's episode will talk to you about a strategy for hopping out of that pot before it's too late, while enjoying all the benefits of real estate, including its tax advantages and more. Now, me and the guest, we talked about boiling pots of water hidden in your real estate investment portfolio, scalding hot topics like capital gains taxes, which can become a major problem in highly appreciated real estate markets. Now, guys, I'll just say it up front. If you are a terrible real estate investor and you have no property appreciation at all, first of all, my prayers are with you. But for most of you, if you do well in real estate, then you are going to have a ton of taxes to deal with. And I'll just say it happens slowly, one degree at a time. One year at a time, Zillow kind of creeps up on you. That property price appreciation happens slowly, but over a long period of time, what are you going to do with all that highly appreciated real estate? How will you hop out of that pot before you get boiled, scalded hot? That's where our guest's specialty comes into play. And if you're thinking, oh, you know what? I'm going to skip this episode. It's just one more episode on 1031 exchanges. I'm a savvy real estate investor. I know all about 1031s. No, stop. This is something completely different. 1031 exchanges only defer the real estate tax problem. It just delays the inevitable boil that cooks most frogs. And what my guest will be talking about today bypasses all the problems of 1031 exchanges and solves the problem of capital gains on all your highly appreciated real estate. So who is my guest? Well, if you read the title, you already know, Brett Swartz. Brett Swartz is considered one of the most well-rounded capital gains tax deferral experts in the country. His audiences are challenged to lean into multiple capital gains tax deferral strategies and create and develop a tax deferred transformational exit wealth plan of their own and execute on this plan so that they can create and preserve more wealth for themselves and their families. Brett is the founder of Capital Gains Tax Solutions and host of the Capital Gains Tax Solutions podcast. 
Each year, he equips hundreds of business professionals with the Deferred Sales Trust tool to help them and their high net worth clients solve capital gains tax deferral limitations. Mr. Swartz is passionate about educating people in capital gains tax deferral with a deferred sales trust, how to divest from a business or real estate and gain freedom from feeling hostage to the 1031 exchange, and then invest back into new business ventures or real estate investments at any time, all capital gains tax deferred, which he calls optimal timing. Now, Brett lives in Roseville, California with his wife, Melanie, and their, fi- and their five children together. So Brett, we'll let you take it away from here. Brett, welcome to the show. Mark, thanks for having me. Oh man, I am so glad you're on. And this has been an idea and a strategy. You've been in my brain. You've been in my dreams, Brett, since we talked originally. So I can't wait to introduce you and some of your unique strategies to all of our clients uh, so they can um, enjoy the same dreams I'm having, I guess. (laughs) But before we get to all that, take us to you and specifically tell us what is your superpower? Yes, thanks so much. So grew up in the Bay Area. Um, I, I grew up with the sticks and bricks of real estate with uh, my my mom and my dad, kind of the Fremont Mission, San Jose, Silicon Valley area, and really learned how to work hard, learned how to be an entrepreneur, learn how to own a business and have a dream and have a team and, and build something through my dad. And uh, that was the main main background of, of the initial love for real estate, and especially investment real estate and development. Uh, my superpower, I think, uh, what I've been given is the ability to encourage others and uh, and to lead. You know, and in particular, um, inspire people through through communication, education, casting vision, um, and uh, working on a team as well. So it's kind of kind of a mix there. Um, I don't. I I, I I like to be. Um, I like to work. I work work with teams. You know, I played basketball and football growing up. Basketball in college. And uh, so learn how to lead and then also when uh, to take a kind of a, um, a different role and lead uh, from, from leading uh, behind someone else. So, uh, but yeah, I would say encouragement and leadership. Okay. So one of the strategies you stumbled across, I suppose, in your early years is, is something called the deferred sales trust. Now, before we get into the mechanics, I want to help our listeners understand the problem embedded in real estate. Why? Because a lot of our guests and a lot of our episodes talk a lot about the the power of real estate to building a true financial portfolio that can withstand the test of time. Um, What is the problem with real estate if it's so good that even the pyramids and the Egyptians and Pharaoh seem to like it? What's the hidden uh, bear trap when it comes to real estate investing as it relates to taxes, for example? Yeah, so most high net worth individuals, especially those who own commercial real estate, uh, they struggle with capital gains tax. And and in particular, it's the timing aspect of what you're talking about here. And it's capital gains tax when they go to sell their highly appreciated real estate. And it's somewhere between 30 and 50% of their gain is going to be wiped out. So it's not so much owning and managing real estate, it's actually exiting and then re-entering at a a good optimal time. And so we use a tool strategy called a deferred sales trust. Uh, to give people not only tax deferral, but eliminate the need for the 1031 exchange. And probably the best thing for your listeners right now is diversification and liquidity. Also, they can create and preserve more wealth and take less, take on less risk for their financial future. Okay, uh, that was like a concentrated orange juice. Uh, 
you know, pack it out of the freezer, man. So let's walk out what you just said. So the first thing is, I'm blown away that the capital gains on real estate might be 30 to 50%. Is that right? Correct. Depending on what state you live in and depending on how much depreciation recapture is going to be, um, uh, you know, paid at closing. Okay. So if I, let's pick a number. So I, I buy a property for a hundred grand and it goes up to a million dollars. Then you're saying that 900 grand is my capital gains when I sell someday. And I have a choice. Either I can sell that property and incur 30 to 50% of 900,000. So let's just say three to 400 grand of taxes given to the government. Or my only other option is a 1031 exchange. Can you describe what is a 1031 exchange? Yeah, so I'm taking one step back too. I want to let you know what's going on with the demographics. It's, it's according to the American Bankers Association, there's about 17 to 20 trillion dollars that's going to pass from one generation to the next. So you always got to understand who the who, who the players are, who are the folks that are selling these real estate that have owned for a long time that are highly appreciated. And in fact, this is known as the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet that we know of. In fact, there's about 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day in the U.S. and about 77 million in the U.S. alone. And so you have these folks with these highly appreciated businesses, real estate, and they're looking to get out of the toilets and trash the liability, but they're not sure how to retire and be rid of that without incurring this huge gain, okay? And so enter the 1031 exchange. Uh, your listeners uh, who don't know what that is, it's just a way to trade like-kind real estate for like-kind investment real estate. So let's say you bought a property for $100,000 and you sell it for a million. When it's a rental property, as long as it's rental, you can you can buy another investment rental property. Now, it needs to be equal or greater value, uh, and it needs to be uh, identified within 45 days of you closing that property you're going to buy, and you need to close on it within 180 days. We call that the shotgun wedding, right? If you, you, know, you meet somebody and you get engaged within 45 days and you're married within 180, it's really fast. And what that creates is some challenges, which... And errant, which is time. Time is not your friend in a 1031. In fact, it's your enemy because you're running out of time. Okay, so the problem with 1031s are we're pushing out, pushing out, pushing out, and we're always having to buy higher than we sold. So we're selling high and we're buying higher. Is that correct? Yes, that's that's the number one uh, biggest downfall of the 1031. Yeah, all right. And that's a problem if we think the markets, uh, if the real estate market goes down, if we believe the, the real estate market can also go down, see reference 2008, you're saying that could be a major problem because we've basically we've been turning the boil up on our, on our appreciated assets and there's really no way to turn that dial back down ever if we think the real estate market might have a correction in it. So the 1031 is a flawed strategy and we're looking at what's an alternative to the 1031 and you're saying the DST or deferred sales trust is that alternative. Is that right? Correct. The only little caveat there, 1031s are a great strategy if you could find a deal that makes sense. Right. So when it's yeah. a buyer's market, when you're buying on the intrinsic value, value add real estate, cash flow, it makes sense. There's some kind of business plan there that you can execute that's not making you forced to buy four and five percent cap rates with prices that are through the roof. That uh, and interest rates are very very low, which is propping up values in very low inventory, and or your lifestyle is not you know you're ready to be t done with it. And, you know, in fact, I had a client. His name is Peter. He's a baby boomer. He's turning seventy years old. And he's like Brett. I have 18 units in Sacramento and he decided to do the deferred sales trust after 30 years of being in the business. And I said, Peter, why? Why don't you just do another 1031? He goes, Brett, I had 18 problems. He goes, I didn't need 36 problems. 
I have enough wealth. I actually wanted diversification. I actually wanted to be debt free from my property. I didn't mm -hmm. want to have to deal with the banks. I didn't want to have to have to have all of my eggs, not in 18 units, but in 36 units and have more toilets, trash and liability. I'm driving three hours from Marin, California to Sacramento two or three days a week, collecting rents, fighting tenants. He had gunshots in the side of his car. I mean, just he's going, what am I, what am I doing here? Right. And he's going, I survived the 08 crash. And so it's not just financial reasons. It's also personal reasons. So he goes, Brett, I've never had so much time and energy I can spend with my family. I don't right. have to worry about going to Sacramento anymore. I can just not go to Sacramento ever again. Right. <laughs> so it's, we like to call it, um, the three secrets to a transformational exit plan. Right. And it involves not just financial, but personal. So walk us through the deferred sales trust. How, how does it work? What is it? What are the pros and cons? Great question. So the deferred sales trust is just a manufactured installment sale. So for your listeners, you might know it as a seller carryback or a land contract where you carry back and you become the bank for the trust. Um, and so let's just give it a deal. We just closed in Aptos, California. It was a $7.9 million sale. It was a beach rental house. Um, the mom, she's in her seventies and there's three kids. They all have different, different things for the property. She's ready to be done with it. She doesn't want to trade more problems for more problems. So what she did is she actually lined up a buyer for 7.9 million or the realtor did. And instead of selling it directly to that cash buyer and receiving all 7.9 million, which would have incurred a $2.48 million tax. She actually had the buyer cooperate with this brand new trust. And so brand new trust actually buys it from her right before close of escrow for that 7.9 million and turns around and sells it to that buyer. And since she does it, does it in that order and the funds go into the trust, she's in what's called a tax deferral state. In fact, she carried hundred percent financing for the trust. But here's the neat part. The buyer takes title the same way they would have. And since the trust bought and sold for the same price, there's no gain for the trust. And since she received a zero down payment and carried back 100% financing, she's in a deferral state. And this is where the magic happens. Now it's sitting in this trust. And we like to call this the go fund yourself. Right. You can go fund your next business venture. You can put it, you can fund your next life insurance policy. You can fund your next banking, um, ultimate banking strategy. You can do just put it in stocks, bonds and mutual funds, or you can do a mixture of all of those things, all tax deferred. Okay. And then mm -hmm. there's interest payments that are going to start to, 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 to earn off of that money and she can live off that interest. And in the meantime, she has no more toilets, trash liability. She has a seamless estate plan. That's going to, uh, you know, th this asset's going to trade inside of her living trust inside of her estate planning to her kids. And there's no more arguments about when do you sell it? When don't you sell it? Someone wants to move in. Someone wants to renovate. She just wants peace and she wants clarity on her estate planning. And this is what the transformational part of the deferred sales trust was able to give her. Awesome. Okay. So I'll, I'll kind of uh, clarify some things you just mentioned. One, she sells the, ha the property to the trust. Uh, and there's, why is there no capital gains when she sells it to the trust? because she carried back hundred percent financing. She sold it to the trust for 7.9 million, but she said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to carry back all of that note, that promissory note. So she received a zero down payment. So since she received zero, uh -huh. no taxes triggered on zero. Okay. So it's owner financing, meaning she gives the title to the trust, but the trust is basically paying her, must pay her some sort of an installment sale. Like you said, uh, which spreads that seven, the, the capital gains was going to be how much? $2.8 million? 2.48. 2. 
it'll be $2.48 million if she had just sold this directly to the, to the buyer, but because she sold it to the trust through owner financing, she's able to basically spread that peanut butter out, that, that taxable obligation to her still has to be paid, but we're able to spread it out over 10 years, 20 years, whatever. Is that correct? Correct. And then she can pass it on yeah. to her kids and her kids can step into her shoes and keep spreading it out for another 20, 30 years. Wow. That's awesome. Years, hundred years, however long. Okay. And your idea, and I thought it was a really smart one was, Hey, where does that money need to live? She's going to be receiving. Give me an idea of what the annual income was going to be there. A hundred grand a year, 200 grand a year. Who knows? But what, what are your thoughts? What is she well, getting it's for good, that? It's a good question. So every promissory note needs to have some terms. Okay. And these terms are based upon her risk tolerance. So before the, the deals close, she fills out a questionnaire and that questionnaire will, will have a score. And, and based upon that score, an allocation will be presented by the financial advisors. And, and then they'll say, Hey, what do you think about this? And she says, yeah, that looks pretty good. Or mm, that's too aggressive. Let's be a little more conservative. But most of, most of our notes are pegged at 8%. So this particular one was pegged at 8% over any 10-year period. Now, it's not guaranteeing 8%. It depends on how the investments perform. Okay, but over any 10-year period of time, 8% compounding net of all recurring fees. Fees are about 1.5%, just depending on the size of the deal. And uh, so that's what that's what she's going to set up. Now she may receive right, right now. She's scheduled. It's going to be it's going to be uh, pushed out in the future for payments. She doesn't have to take payments right away. So you can turn it on or turn it off. But as she receives interest payments, she'll pay ordinary income tax. If she dips into principal, she'll pay a little bit of capital gains tax on that principal amount. So it's very flexible the way we structure it. Hopefully that answers the question. Yeah. Okay. This, this is awesome because for those that want a deferral they can let it grow deferred for those that want an income stream to spread out that tax burden uh, over a long period of time, even into the next generation. You're saying um, this is a way to avoid that ripping the bandaid off really fast and spreading it out. So you stay in a lower tax bracket. Uh, and crucially you can put it into things inside the DST. There's you can put it into assets inside the DST that maybe diversify your your money outside of real estate or outside of a rental or whatever, including stocks, bonds, mutual funds, but also life insurance, if I'm correct. Is that right? Precisely. Okay. So imagine a world where someone's built up a nice portfolio, someone, you know, who's got five, six, 10 properties and they've built up, give me a number, a um, million dollars of equity in these properties, $2 million, let's say. So they've got $2 million of equity in these properties. They say, Hey, I don't want to um, keep, pushing off this 1030, uh, this 1031 problem is going to only just exacerbate. And I feel like there's going to be a stock market correction. So instead of a 1031, I want to diversify out of my 10 or 12 properties that I own and open up a DST. So say again, talk us through what happens. And let's say they decided to put that money into the sale of that. Um, uh, let's say they took that 2 million and put it into life insurance. Talk us through that as an example of where they might, you know, allocate some of their DST dollars. Yes. Thanks, Mark. Great question. This is actually secret number two. It's called optimal timing, transformational exit wealth plan cloning. And that's a whole lot there. That's a mouthful. But, um, yes, it's a mouthful, but let me unpack that. And this is how to clone a proven wealth plan with capital gains tax solutions, a professional financial advisor in less than five hours and become time, energy, and debt free. Okay. So once we've closed on the trust and once the funds are sitting at the bank account, which the funds don't move without your signature, it's, it's you have 24 seven access to view it online. The funds, an allocation will be presented. Once you approve it, it can go to TD Ameritrade, 
and or it can it could fund that next life insurance policy or another real estate deal all tax deferred it's really entirely up to you so we're going to customize this based upon your needs based upon your wants and realize that we're not set in stone so we're not like it's not like you're putting yourself in cement where you can't move like it's it just imagine it's like sand right and so mm -hmm. we can we can sit here we're there and then if we want to shift it we can shift it because your life changes your needs change and and so, uh, but the key I think you, you hit on is diversification, right? So we just closed a primary home in Palo Alto with an $8.3 million sale. And this gentleman's owned it for, since 2006. He had a lot of debt on the property. And he's just like, oh, the prices have gone through the roof. I want to capture high prices before this market shifts, which is, it could shift pretty quickly here with what's going on. And so he was able to sell, defer a bunch of tax, get out of all of his debt, and now he's in a diversified state versus just sitting in one asset in one location where you're by default not diversified, right? And so we we really think that creates that transformational part when you have we have all of those things combined. Um, and so the answer to your to your really to your question is you can pay the tax and he could have paid the tax and had a million less and then funded the exact same allocation with the exact same life insurance policies. Or would you like to have a million more minus some fees for us? Right. And then go fund that. And that's where the math just makes sense. As long as you have a deal, that's worth a million or more in actual equity and the gain is at least three to $400,000. Okay. Then the deal works. Uh, if it's too small, our fees eat up the savings and it doesn't work. So we got to make sure we hit those parameters. Okay, so you mentioned something there. You're looking for um, clients who have uh, properties of, say again, a million dollars net worth. At least a or, million net equity. So net equity. Net equity. Okay. So, so if it's worth a million, but then you owe 700000 it's too small. If it's worth $2 million and you only have a million of debt, then you're good because it's a million. And at least really four to $500,000 of gain, which gives about hundred to $200,000 of liability. That's kind of our minimum. Now, if you say, well, Brett, we have one or two or three things. Okay, great. Then we can, we can sell all of those in the next year and that adds up to that. Then you're good. By the way, this works for public stock. It works for private stock. It works for cryptocurrency. It works for businesses. We've done dentists, optometrists, um, orthodontists. It works for car dealerships. It works for, um, of course, investment real estate, primary home or investment real estate. And you can have one trust and you can literally just roll in each asset and sell the high and just move it into this one area. Right. And so he's, he's kind of like the mothership. And then from there, you're in a tax deferral state. Now let's diversify it based upon your allocation and let's transform your uh, your wealth plan. So it's not removing tax, uh, at least not, it's getting rid of this year's tax, but we're spreading that tax out. So we're still paying our, you know, our, our, our dues, so to speak, to Uncle Sam, but where, when, and how we take the money out is really up to you and up to the trust. Is that right? Correct. So, and it's also, I think, a really cool way to dissolve a partnership, right? In a tax efficient way. Great, great point. Yes. Yeah, so most partnerships, the whole entity must move, especially for 1031 exchanges, meaning if me and Mark and someone else owned a property right now and we were to sell that, we probably, in order for us to defer the tax, we all have to agree and take that entity to the next deal. Well, sometimes, Mark, you and I have different interests or different timing or different needs for our money. And so that's part of the problem. Some deals don't happen because the partners can't agree. Well, not so the deferred sales trust. The deferred sales trust, literally, each of us, each, each of us could go our separate ways. You could pay 
pay your tax. I can do a deferred sales trust. And let's say the third partner over there could do his deferred sales trust. So we just, we actually did a deal in Alabama. He was selling a business for 2.6 million. He had, he and two other partners, so there's three of them and the partners didn't want to sell the entire business. So he worked out a deal where the two partners bought out the one. So he sold for 2.6 million, deferred $600,000 of tax into his own deferred sales trust. And now he's using those funds to build 80 units in Tennessee. And that's part of uh, the beauty of the go fund yourself, right? You don't have to go get a loan from somebody else. He can actually lose, use the funds from his trust that he would have paid in tax to fund his next business venture, which is pretty sweet. I love it. I love it. So again, my, my mind thinks about exit strategy all the time uh, because we're going to exit everything we're in in our life. At some point, ultimately, we exit everything. So we need an exit ramp. And what I see, and correct me if I'm not seeing this correctly, Brett, but this is a great way to exit the boiling pot of your uh, appreciated real estate or business. Uh, and it's a way to kind of spread out, kind of come down the mountain. If accumulating assets is climbing a mountain and you've got all this tax buildup, you're happy that you've got a great net worth and your balance sheet looks pretty, but now you've got a big tax problem. You've got a partner in all those real estate deals and his name is Uncle Sam. So putting it into the DST spreads that money out slowly. So we're paying our taxes slowly over time. Uh, and the DST does that. Is that a fair summary of what we've said so far? Exactly right. And just to clarify too, right. it's actually a legal loophole to incentivize business growth. So this is why these are in place. These have been around since the 1920s, just so you know, the IRC 453 and seller carrybacks. The deferred sales trust for 25 years, thousands of closes, over a dozen no change IRS audits. The biggest deal is 125 million, and then the audit defense provided by uh, by the deferred sales trust tax attorney. So you want to make sure you have all of that in place. But that being said, that's where most of our clients are at. They're going to keep that principal intact, live off the interest, and then uh, pass it on to their kids. Well, it predates the 1031. It's back into the 20s, you said, of when this Correct. was written. So, you know, my mind is, all right, I'm, I'm a real estate investor. I'm building up my assets. I built up all this equity. I've been 1031-ing my, my problems into the future. Uh, and now I feel like real estate is due for a major correction. Let's say I believe all those things. Or maybe I'm just ready to be done with the toilets and the trash and the termites and the tenants calling me at 2 a.m. Uh, to make a nice alliteration there. Uh, what I could do in my mind is, you know, do the DST strategy. And now I've got this income that's coming to me. And what am I going to do with it? It has to go somewhere, that money, that 100 grand a year, 200 grand a year, whatever I'm taking out, if I'm choosing to take money out, has to live somewhere. Well, where is it going to go? It's either going to go into a taxable savings account, CD, money market. It's going to get spent at the grocery store or whatever else or it could go into a tax-free or under current law, even the cash value grows and is accessible in life insurance income tax-free for the rest of my life. And then, you know, I can live and spend that money out of the life insurance as a stream of income with no taxes due. And then the death benefit when I pass away is income tax-free as well. So what just happened? We just had a lifetime of buying a bunch of real estate. Advantages of real estate can't be overstated. Tax advantages are incredible, cost segregation, um, bonus depreciation, all the wonderful things that real estate lets us do. But you've given us the exit strategy to get out of that boiling pot and into a tax-free, under current law, life insurance still enjoys after 110 years, a, a tax-free bucket for my money to live and as I spend it in my retirement years or leave it to my heirs income tax-free. I mean, did we just 
solve the Rubik's cube of the IRS tax law, Brett? Is that what just happened just now? <laughs> you know, maybe maybe a sliver of it because it's, yeah. it's a big, big tax law. But you hit on a couple things and I want to also add to that. So uh, okay. 100% of what you just said is, is spot on. Plus, you can get a brand new depreciation schedule, okay, when, wow. if, and when, if and when you use the trust to partner with the trust to go buy a piece of real estate, okay? So realize that one of the biggest advantages of owning commercial real estate or, or even a business is the depreciation to offset the income, okay? And that's a beautiful thing. But eventually, let's say you own multifamily for 27 and a half years, you actually fully depreciate out which like I have a client, his name's Harry. He lives in Sacramento, $10 million asset, multifamily. He's like, Brad, I have a zero basis. I've owned this thing for 30 years. He goes, I'm it's got $500,000 of cash flow. I can't offset it. I'm just paying this massive amount of tax. And I'm like, Harry, we can do a deferred sales trust. You can sell, move it into the trust. And remember in a 1031, if you were to sell in 1031, the old depreciation schedule travels. So he has no advantage there. Wow. Move it into the trust. And, but here's the thing I said, Harry, let's wait on the sidelines. Like let's not overpay right now. Let's wait for this market to shift. It could take a couple of years. Then he could, you know, wait. And then let's say that 10, he would have bought a $12 million deal. And now it's worth nine. So now let's buy that thing at nine. Let's get a brand new depreciation schedule. Now let's do some cost segregation on that. Now, guess what? All of the income on that property, at least probably for a year or two or three, plus the income from the trust, it's all washed away because you have yeah. all this depreciation. So it's truly remarkable what it can do once you understand it. Awesome. Okay. So two questions. Uh, one question is, uh, Brett, you've been giving us some tactics today. I love it. I want you to zoom way out for a minute and just tell our listeners, if you couldn't leave your family uh, any money, okay, no money could be left, but you could leave them a principle to live by or a habit or a book to read um, to help them achieve success, fulfillment in life, what would you leave them? Yeah, it would be the Bible. So I'm a Christian. And so um, I would uh, I would encourage them to not only read and follow the Bible um, every day, and uh, that would be the first one. And the second one would be leadership and personal development. You know, I wish I would have learned about this at a younger age. And the quote is by a gentleman named Jim Rohn, uh, R-O-H-N. And he says, uh, learn to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. If you work hard on your job, you'll make a living and that's fine. But if you work hard on yourself, you'll make a fortune. And the idea is not just to make a bunch of money, although that's pretty cool because you can give more and help more people out. But the idea is to become everything you're created to be, right? We're all, we're all being given certain gifts in this life, I believe. And those gifts were given to us so we can be a blessing to others. So how are you becoming more? Well, that's by working harder on yourself, your personal development, your spiritual walk, your your develop your your relation with your spouse and your family and your friends. Um, it's uh, you find you know financial intelligence. It's um, it's those kind of major areas of your life. Also your job, also your career. But all of those things together are going to help you become more, so you can give more. Love it, man. That's so good. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay, where can folks learn more about Brett Swartz and Capital Gains Tax Solutions and the DST? Yes. So if you're selling a high, high end primary home, business, real estate, cryptocurrency, public stock, private stock, you can go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. You can get your free ebook, nine steps to selling your business or real estate smarter. Um, you can download that there. Now, if you're a business professional, we work with realtors, especially luxury realtors, uh, commercial real estate syndicators, brokers, financial advisors, business brokers. You can go to experttaxsecrets.com and you can learn all about how the deferred sales trust can explode your value proposition and grow your business. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brett, for being on our show today. My pleasure. Thanks, Mark, for having me.
Thank you, Brett. And thank you, everybody, for joining me on this episode today. And if you've made it this far, it's clear that you see the issue of the deferred capital gains tax problem baked into your real estate portfolio. Now, with a metaphor like a boiled frog, I'm certainly not going to tell you what to eat for dinner tonight. And likewise, I certainly won't give a full audience like we have on our wonderful revolutionary community uh, what to do with their real estate. I can't give you tax advice, legal advice, certainly not on a large podcast audience like this. Now, that's something you'd want to sit down with a professional like Brett to go over that strategy and think through if that deferred sales trust solution would be a good fit for you if you have highly appreciated real estate in your portfolio. Sit down with your attorney, talk about it with them. I'd be happy to sit down and discuss strategies for building and protecting your wealth as it leaves that real estate. And that was one of my other takeaways. Uh, so let's get to some of the takeaways I had from today's episode. Now, one of the pieces that I was really just shocked by was that real estate investors overpay for property because of this little tax detail called the 1031 exchange. You know, sometimes we let the tax tail wag the dog and that 1031 exchange is a part of the tax code that sometimes manipulates us, maybe that's too strong a word, but it encourages us to overpay for real estate property. I mean, if you use your 1031 exchange, you are certainly forced in many ways to buy something at higher and higher and higher prices over your real estate investing career than if you didn't have the 1031 exchange. If you just paid your taxes and moved on, you'd be able to more smartly make real estate decisions. Now, you can use a 1031 exchange if your goal is to sell your property and defer the tax by putting it into a new property, and that feels good in the moment. But what have you done there? You, essentially, your, your goal when you sell a piece of real estate is to sell it at a high price. That seems right. Of course, you buy low, you sell high. That makes sense. But now what? Now you've got uh, a limited period of time where you're forced to buy another real estate deal at an even higher price to continue this deferring of your taxes using the 1031 exchange. So it's a kind of perpetual motion machine that you can't get off of. Now, to me, that's not a great strategy uh, to employ the 1031 over your lifetime. Might it work here and there? Sure, of course, every strategy has its place. But to do it over a lifetime might yield some pretty dramatic and disastrous results. So if you don't wanna trade your problems for just more and more and more problems, look into the Deferred Sales Trust. And if you want to convert your highly appreciated real estate through the D DST, the Deferred Sales Trust, and coming back to you in your pocket and putting it into a bank-on-yourself type policy, spreading premium into that policy over time, well, reach out to me. I'd be happy to speak with you about that. And we can coordinate with Brett to make that a strategy, uh, a reality for you. So if you want to pay way less taxes and get that money into a bank on yourself policy, well, this might be your strategy. So take a look at that. Again, talk with your accountant, your attorney, and more, and we'd be happy to set that strategy up for you. The Deferred Sales Trust could be a helpful strategy for a subset of real estate investors. While I'm not recommending this strategy or giving tax advice, you should learn about it and discuss your specific situation with your attorney and CPA. If you'd like to see how life insurance and bank on yourself concepts might work with the Deferred Sales Trust, please schedule a time on my calendar and we can look at your specific situation. This is a not so average way of managing capital gains tax for high-end real estate, so be sure to keep learning and get a qualified team to help guide you in a complex situation like this. You can go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and click on request a meeting to learn more. 
So lastly, just want to make another quick reminder that we have an amazing online community of revolutionaries, all of whom listen to this podcast or clients of ours at Lake Growth Financial Services. And if you haven't joined yet, what are you waiting for? We've had discussions on every episode, uh, other conversations around revolutionizing your financial life and actually implementing what you're learning on this show. So come check us out and join. It is a private community, so you have to request to join, but you can go to notyouraverage.mn.co and request an invitation to join. So go to that website and reach out to us and we'd be happy to say hello. Finally, guys, thank you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.